This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Radio family, good morning and welcome. Another weekend edition of Community Focus. We are back underway with another great conversation and definitely your great company every weekend and right here on our intercom stations. Really appreciate that fine company, Radio Family, and certainly the company of members of our Community Focus family as we do get our public affairs program underway. We add another one to the family in Ben Money, who serves as the Deputy Secretary for Health Services. So, Already, health is going to be our main topic of discussion, and I'm looking forward to engaging in a great conversation. And Ben, good morning to you. Welcome to Community Focus. How are you today? Good morning, Renee. How are you? I'm doing well. Oh, you're so welcome. We are actually... I'm actually excited, I'm sure hopefully you will be too, to engage in, in this great conversation because as we are about to get underway... This particular year marks a anniversary that is of uniqueness, if you will, in that it's been a year since many of us have heard about and let alone are still learning about COVID-19. And as we do mark this one-year anniversary, a lot has transpired, a lot has changed within the last 12 months. And I'm really happy to have you on this program because I really am looking forward to, based on the questions I'll have for you today, getting us up to speed, if you will, with a lot of the information. Because initially, when this pandemic broke out, there was very little knowledge, particularly from us as a community. I can only imagine what it was like for you as a medical professional just learning about this and then fast forwarding to where we are in 2021. So first of all, I want to say thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to share some very important information with us today. No, thank you so much for raising this topic. It's so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of timely, let's get started. Let me ask you first, what do people need to know, particularly about the COVID-19 vaccines now that vaccines are available? Yeah, well, everyone needs to know that uh, they've got a spot to get their shot against COVID-19. So all of the vaccines uh, are safe and they're extremely effective in preventing hospitalization and death. It's important also for them to know that they cannot get COVID-19 from the vaccines. Um, Also, they're free, even if someone doesn't have health insurance Mm -hmm. and you don't need an ID uh, to show or to get vaccinated. 
you just need to make an appointment and be there. We're going to have even more opportunities for folks to get vaccinated um, through walk-up clinics, through uh, other events throughout the community. So um, really excited that more vaccines are on their way and everyone has a shot. Absolutely, Ben. And I really do appreciate that because you're absolutely right. It seems that every day the good news is whether we tune in to media via radio or television, um, I think some of us are, are still going by way of the old school way of doing things. I can't tell you honestly the last time I opened a newspaper, but I know they're still there. <laughs> but I know we're more internet oriented. But there's just so many different avenues with which we're finding that a lot more vaccination sites are actually increasing in our various neighborhoods. Yeah, and um, we're really trying to make those sites and those opportunities more available across the state. Absolutely. We've been really working hard uh, to get as many people vaccinated as quickly and as equitably as possible. Absolutely. So while supplies were included, while supplies are improving, they still remain limited. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're partnering with communities, uh, providing additional doses, uh, particularly to communities with larger populations of African-Americans, right. Hispanic, Latinx, and American Indians. Um, we're providing them with free transportation, um, particularly if people need it, um, because we know that they may need assistance to to get to a vaccine location. Mm -hmm. Also, we've deployed community health workers uh, to address questions and connect people with vaccine appointments. And so we're asking local organizations, such as churches and community groups, to really partner with us uh, to support communities directly with the resources they need to get the word out. Absolutely. And thank you for mentioning that, Ben, because it actually brings to mind Uh, As you were talking about the the various uh, groups and what you're providing in terms of the free transportation for individuals who need it, of course, I automatically think of our dear older ones. They are in that priority uh, group. And many have been hearing about various groups that are eligible to get the vaccine. And we have many older Americans who are likely our parents and grandparents who no longer Mm -hmm. drive or don't have the ability to be as mobile as they once used to be. And with the importance that we're stressing in our conversation today about getting vaccinated against COVID-19, it's so wonderful that really no one is being left out in, in this process. And you're absolutely right. We're working on a timetable of making sure that everybody can get vaccinated so that we all can be as safe as possible, because a lot of us are just wanting to return to some sort of normalcy. I know we won't Mm -hmm. be able to do a lot of of the things that we were doing before COVID-19, but to try to get back as close to some of those activities, being vaccinated is a great way to do that. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And the sooner we can get everyone vaccinated, Uh, the sooner we can begin to get our lives back to normal. Absolutely. And that also transitions nicely with the next question I wanted to ask you. This virus has hit particularly communities of color, especially hard. Can can you talk further or elaborate more about that? Yeah, it certainly has hit um, communities of color really hard. And in fact, You know, most people of color know someone that has been hospitalized or died from COVID-19. Right. 
And so we're committed to everyone having accurate information about the vaccines and having access to the vaccines themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, So because communities of color have been hit the hardest by COVID, we have a particular emphasis on getting vaccines to them. That means three things for us, information, access, and accountability. Uh, We're reaching out through faith leaders, community groups, and other trusted individuals to provide people with the complete and accurate information about COVID-19 and the vaccine. We're also making sure that everyone has access to vaccines by supplying all 100 counties with doses. And we're holding ourselves accountable and the vaccinating providers accountable Mm -hmm. to reaching our goals of vaccinating all communities equitably by publicly posting Uh, Our available vaccine data up on our website, it shows who's getting vaccinated uh, and where we have to improve our efforts in communities of color. And you can sort this by by county across North Carolina. Excellent, Ben. And I know that we will have an opportunity to share that contact information in the course of our conversation. But I wanted to just uh, backtrack a little bit on what you just mentioned, because I think the key word that you just said is so utterly important and likely why initially, particularly in our communities of color, there has been a hesitation about getting the COVID-19 vaccine because there was so much misinformation floating around on the World Wide Web, on the Internet, people hearing you know various stories and not truly knowing what to believe and that's why it's it's so important and why I'm so happy that we are having this discussion today and particularly from a professional such as yourself serving as the deputy secretary for health services because you are on the front lines you you've been there since the beginning of this pandemic and continue to do so and I, my hat's off just to you uh, ben and to all the essential healthcare workers and any and all who have been in this fight with us and for us against COVID-19, but to again continually emphasize the importance of coming to outlets such as a public affairs program like this to get the most accurate and up-to-date information as much as possible. That's right. And thank you, Renee, for making forums like this available. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't do it alone. I've got family like you. (laughs) I certainly do. Well, let me ask you one more question before we go to our first break of the morning. What do you believe Mm -hmm. is the biggest barrier that still remains in getting more people vaccinated? Well, really, it's supply uh, and ease of access. Um, So fortunately, supplies of the vaccine are starting to improve. And we're making some headway on our access challenges. Um, and, I, and honestly, we're even getting some national recognition for our work. Um, and it really is through the leadership of uh, Secretary Mandy Cohen. She's committed to using every lever we have to ensure that our communities of color can easily get the COVID-19 vaccine. And that includes how we give out our vaccines to providers, who we give vaccines to, and which um, community vaccination events we can support. Uh, where we use our state resources and who we work with on the ground to help us address barriers like transportation and Internet access. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that the vaccines are getting distributed and administered uh, to people in the most equitable way. Uh, 
So let's say if someone is, if a, if a county has a population that is 30% African American, mm-hmm. 10% Hispanic, Latinx, we want to make sure that at least 30% of those vaccines go to African American people or 10% go to Hispanic, Latinx people. One of the things we saw early on in the pandemic was that, you know, a lot of people that had access to the internet or had access to transportation mm-hmm. were able to get the vaccines, you know, more quickly. And right. so we didn't have equitable distribution. Communities of color were being left out. And so we've leaned in very heavily into our equity strategies, and we're really starting to see them pay off. Excellent. Well, Ben Money, first of all, let me ask you this before we go to break. How long have you served in the capacity as Deputy Secretary for Health Services? Uh, it's uh, about a year and a half now. Oh, okay. So you're semi-new in that perspective as well including being a newbie to our public affairs program, but I really can't say that now anymore. You're officially family, so (laughs) welcome to the community-focused family. (laughs) Thank you, and I spent uh, about 18 years with uh, community health centers in North Carolina. Wonderful. Um, Ten years lead me association, so really familiar with the state that I've I've lived in for almost 40 years now. Wow. um, Yeah. So you literally your station as well. Well, thank you very much. So you literally are family. (laughs) (laughs) That is wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And I know that you will stick around with me. I have several uh, more questions that I want to ask. But again, I just want to say thank you for taking the opportunity to give us not only the information that we as a radio family and a community need, but it's up to date, accurate information. I really appreciate you for that. Very good. Thank you, Renee. You're so welcome. Well, let's do this. Ben Money joins me, Renee Vaughn, and so do you, speaking of Radio Family. Thank you so much. You are listening to the weekend edition of Community Focus, and we will return right after this break. And we do return. It is the weekend edition of Community Focus, heard every weekend and right here on our intercom stations. As always, thank you, Radio Family, for your support of our public affairs program and certainly to have an opportunity to engage in wonderful conversations with members of our community focused family, our newest family member in Ben Money. Again, he serves as the Deputy Secretary for Health Services. Ben, thank you for returning with me and continuing in our great conversation on COVID 19 vaccines. As we do thank return, you, you're very welcome. As we do return, are there resources available for persons who may have difficulty getting to vaccination locations? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Because we understand that transportation can really be a big barrier for some people. Um, So we've worked with partners across the state to to actually help and allocated some some funding to the Department of Transportation to make it possible. So people who need transportation assistance to a COVID-19 vaccine appointment um, should reach out to their local uh, transit agency. And call um, the phone number that they have uh, listed for assistance. You can find local transit agencies that serve all 100 counties. Um, And we have a link to that on our website, uh, yourspotyourshot.nc.gov. But I'll make it even easier. Yes. uh, Because we know a lot of folks don't have Internet access. And um, remembering that website can be a little tricky. Yeah. So I've got a phone number. Wonderful. All things COVID vaccine. Just this number. Okay. 1-888-675-4567. All right. And we're going to... 1-888-675-4567. 
675-4567. And, you know, this is not like an automated line. These are live, live. human beings. Real people. Your, <laughs> yes. They'll actually pick up the phone and talk to you. Oh, I love that. I love that because that that is where, even though technology can be a wonderful thing, it can also be frustrating when you call yes, some of these numbers is. and you get all this automated service. I'm like, I just want to... Yeah talk to a real breathing living human being (laughs) yep and we're constantly training our agents to have you know information about covid where to direct folks to get appointments um, the information about transportation services and it really is accessible for anybody in the entire state so you can ask a question about you know, if you're living in Manteo or if you're living in Murphy and get yeah. an answer to your question about that particular area. So really excited about that, that call center. Absolutely. And that is fantastic. And I wanted to also uh, reemphasize, Ben, for those who may just have joined us on the program and certainly taking this opportunity just a few minutes in that if you did miss the first half of the program to get you caught up just a little bit as I do welcome those of you just joining us here on the weekend edition of Community Focus. Ben, you and I touched on this uh, earlier for people, especially the importance of what to know about COVID-19 vaccines. Again, they are free even if you don't have insurance and you don't need an ID or to show an ID to get vaccinated. So I just wanted to make sure that that important information was also repeated as well. Another another important thing, too, as far as the COVID-19 vaccine that many people have likely been hearing and, and talking about in the media is the different types of vaccines as far as the companies that are distributing or making the vaccines. We have a Johnson & Johnson one that is now the third one available. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because we've heard about uh, Pfizer and we've also heard about Moderna, at least I have. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And so the CDC just recently approved the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine through the same process. approval process they use for the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine. Yes. And like those two, it's extremely effective in preventing deaths and hospitalizations associated with COVID-19. You know, frankly, I think the third vaccine is is a game changer. Mm -hmm. First, it's only one shot, not two like the others. And it doesn't require extreme refrigeration, which means that we've got more options for more vaccination sites uh, like local pharmacies. And soon we'll also have more supply to vaccinate more people even more quickly. So very excited about that uh, that product. Absolutely, Ben, because that's what I've been hearing. A lot of our major uh, local uh, pharmacies, you know, that we go for other uh, prescription needs, for example, are actually making it readily available for community and for, for uh, just our everyday neighbors to go and and get the COVID-19 vaccine. Right. Yep. Wonderful. Well, how soon are people protected from COVID-19 after they get vaccinated? I'm sure that question is is getting asked a lot. No, that's a great question. Um, So you're fully vaccinated and protected against hospitalization and death from COVID-19 two weeks after your last vaccine. So that's two weeks after your second dose Mm -hmm. of a two-dose vaccine, like a Pfizer and Moderna, or 
two weeks after your one-dose vaccine, like the Johnson & Johnson. And it's important to remember, two weeks after you finish all your doses, mm-hmm. right? I think, you know, people's tendency is to say, I got my shot. I'm ready to go. It's right. Like, no, you still have to let that immunity build up. Yeah. And I think that's a great point to, to bring out because that was going to be, if if I can ask this as an aside question, mm-hmm. what are some of the, the side effects? What I'm hearing from individuals, there's perhaps a little bit of soreness in the arm where the injection is initially given. But typically after that, the person is pretty much OK. Yeah, um, and it really sort of varies for people. Right. Um, one of the things that the Centers for Disease Control does is it actually monitors side effects. Right. And, you know, of the millions of people that have been vaccinated, you know, there haven't been but just a handful of major side effects. Mm-hmm. So most people, like you said, just have a soreness in their arm. They may feel tired, right. a little achy maybe the day after, yeah. may have a headache, um, but it, it goes away. And we, you know, we certainly know about the tremendous toll that COVID-19 has had on people. And even folks that have, you know, recovered from COVID still have lingering side effects. Uh, And so when you compare the temporary, you know, um, mild effects Mm -hmm. from just being vaccinated, which, you know, and I when I was vaccinated, it my arm hurt less from the COVID vaccine than it did from, from flu. Wow. And it only hurts, you know, for like a couple of hours yeah. afterwards. It was, yeah. it wasn't even hurt. It was just more like a, I could feel that I had had a shot. But mm-hmm. I could still move my arm. Right. I, I didn't notice it unless I thought about it. Right. When you compare just those minor effects mm-hmm. to what we know are the devastating effects, including death from COVID, uh, it, it's so, to get that vaccine and have that feeling of relief and, and assurance that, you know, you're protected from the virus. Absolutely, Ben, because it makes me think, let's just say base, best case scenario, rather, is we don't want an individual to feel, OK, well, one, they're doing a great thing by getting vaccinated, but it's not like you can just mm-hmm. go the next day and try to run a marathon. You know, you need to give the you body. I, I worked all, I worked all day afterwards. Did you really? I mean, OK. Uh, exercise like I normally did. Right. No problem. No problem again, with that. You know, everybody's situation different. is a little bit different. Right. Um, you just have to do what's best part, for I've you. I've heard of anyone that's had, yeah, I've, I've not heard of anyone that's had any kind of temporary reactions lasting more than a day. Okay. Well, that is really great to know. And to know that there's mm-hmm. also a, a really good uh, spacing in time that if you should decide uh, which one is given between the Moderna, between Pfizer, between the Johnson and Johnson. Well, particularly between the first two, that we know that there's going to be a two shots required from that, that at right. least there is some time in between to give the body enough time to adjust to that to the first vaccination before going back to get the second shot. Well, actually, what it does is that your body builds up immunity, and then that second shot yeah. actually boosts it even further. Wow. That's great to know. Yeah. That is really mm-hmm. good to know. Now, what do you say well, to people? One shot, uh-huh. you're, you're getting immunity right from that two-week point after that vaccination. So okay. you're at full immunity with that one dose. With that yeah. one dose. That's great Other to know. Johnson Johnson. Correct. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Now, what do you say to people who have questions still about the vaccine or which one to get? See how that just worked in beautifully in our conversation, because many people are trying to decide, well, which one do you know what's going to work best for me? So there's really no question about which vaccine to get. Mm -hmm. Get the first one that's available to you. Gotcha. Honestly, if you can, when you get an appointment that's scheduled, Mm -hmm. get that vaccine. All the vaccines are safe and they prevent against hospitalization and death caused by COVID. So the sooner we can all get people vaccinated, the sooner we can gain control over this pandemic and get back to the people and the places that we love. Um, You know, I've got a little grandson. Can't wait to see him. I've not seen him for, you know, except for Zoom calls for quite some time. It's not the same. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I wanted to get the first vaccine available to me, and I did. So. Um, I'm looking forward to being fully vaccinated after two weeks after my second dose. Right. So I just encourage people to make sure that they get accurate information. Yeah. Uh, and if they have questions, again, you know, visit our website, yourspotyourshotnc.gov. Mm-hmm. Or they can um, call the 1-888-675-4567 number. There we go. You got it, Renee. You got <laughs> Thank it. you, Ben, for all of us who are still old schoolers. And I'm raising both hands <laughs> for me. Absolutely. And you're just you're so right. You're so spot on with what you mentioned as far as for us being able to reconnect with our loved ones. Zoom is great. It has been a beautiful tool to use and staying in communication with our loved ones. But there's nothing that can ever replace the human touch, the contact that we have between us as individuals, because we, we were just created to love on each other. And I can only imagine the exuberance that is going to come from you, Ben, when you are reconnected with your grandson, which, by the way, if you don't mind me saying, you sound way too young to be a granddad. (laughs) But I know you're happy nonetheless. If I can ask, how old is your grandson? He will be three at the end of the month. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. That's a good good age to be. Third birthday party. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is a good age to be because he, he's, he's spoiled and loved on totally, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, let me again welcome those of you who may just be joining us. You are listening to the weekend edition of Community Focus. Thank you so much, Radio Family. Always wonderful company here on our public affairs program and wonderful conversation with members of our Community Focus family. That is definitely the case today with the Deputy Secretary for Health Services, and Ben Money, who joins me, Renee Vaughn. So, Ben, my next question is this. So we have people who are getting vaccinated against COVID-19. Now, initially, Mm -hmm. when this pandemic started, it was greatly emphasized. And that's going to be part of my next question to you. And it still is. Can people stop wearing masks in public? Can we stop practicing social distancing after we are fully vaccinated? So there are going to be some things that we can do Mm -hmm. when we get, you know, more people vaccinated. So right now, people who are fully vaccinated, they can actually get together with other fully vaccinated people. Remember, that's two weeks after that last dose of the vaccine. Right. They can get together without wearing masks and they can gather with one unvaccinated household, assuming that those people who have yet to get the vaccine are also at low risk. 
Okay. So, you know, they so that's important to know. Um, and the CDC just recently revised their guidelines to allow that. Great. However, you're still going to need to wear a mask and practice social distancing in, in public. Yeah. And when you're around people that have not been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So when you're in public, you, you pretty much want to assume that people aren't vaccinated. Right. And also, everyone is going to need to continue to practice those three W's. You know, wearing a face covering, mm-hmm. waiting six feet apart, washing your hands right. until we can until most most of us can get ahead of this pandemic through, you know, through vaccines. So the prevention strategies of the three W's mm-hmm. really what's helped us control the, the, the pandemic thus far. Yeah. We've got to keep that up. We can't let our guard down exactly. until we really get most people vaccinated. That is so true. Excellent information. Now, I hear that, and, and I said this uh, about you in, in your role as the Deputy Secretary for Health Services. To add to that, I hear that frontline essential workers are eligible for vaccinations now. The question has been, who qualifies as an essential frontline worker? Yeah, so essential frontline worker really is anyone who is required to work in person at an essential job in critical manufacturing, education, providing essential goods, uh, food and agriculture, uh, community, government services, Mm -hmm. healthcare, public health, public safety, and transportation. I know that's a lot. But when you think about who was it that had to continue to go to work exactly um, when the pandemic was raging, that, those are those were essential folks. We needed folks in the grocery store. We needed folks in the pharmacy yeah. to keep our, our lives going. We relied exactly. on those essential workers. And so we really want to make sure that they get an opportunity to get vaccinated. So there are a lot of jobs that fall into these categories. Mm -hmm. And again, at our website, yourspotyourshot.nc.gov, we've got, you know, greater information on that listing of essential workers. Mm -hmm. You can also use a tool on our website called Find My Group uh, that will help you determine what group you're in and when you're eligible for the vaccine. Or again, you can call that helpline at at, let me see. I got it right here. It is one eight 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 six seven five six seven five four five five six seven. There yes. you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it when we're in sync like that. <laughs> Absolutely. You are such a joy to talk to, Ben. Now, in addition to essential workers being eligible for vaccinations now, a lot mm-hmm. of us have been also hearing as far as the eligibility requirements what's been referred to or referenced as groups one through four individuals who may have a pre-existing condition that really allows them the opportunity to get vaccinated as well. So who, who qualifies or who fits? Is that where we can go to find my group to find out that if I do have a pre-existing condition such as diabetes, liver disease, uh, uh, chronic kidney disease, and and the list can possibly go on and on. Yeah, that's right. So right now we have five priority groups that have been identified. Um, And we use the Center for Disease Control guidance as well as an advisory committee from the North Carolina Institute of Medicine to come up with these uh, prioritization schedules. Right. Uh, And it was really based on who is at greatest risk of 
contracting COVID-19 mm-hmm. and then who was the greatest risk if they did get COVID of hospitalization, severe illness and death. That's right. how that prioritization was schedule was developed. Um, so right now we've just opened up to group four. And as you said, group four consists of adults that are at highest risk for exposure mm-hmm. and increased risk of severe illness. Now, the chronic diseases that you mentioned are those chronic diseases that are that impact COVID. Right. So in those chronic diseases, you're at greater risk of being hospitalized or dying mm-hmm. if you contract COVID. And those actually can, as you said, be found on our website. They're really based on the CDC's guidelines. So it's not every chronic disease, but just those specific ones. Exactly. And I wanted to add a couple, too, because that was just an abbreviated list. I know for Mm -hmm. individuals who may have heart conditions like heart failure, uh, coronary artery disease, cardiomyopathy, hypertension, of course, as we know it, uh, simply as high blood pressure, there's also uh, pulmonary fibrosis, even for, for those of us, you know, not necessarily by choice, but as we get older, we, we may put on the weight. We may pack on a few pounds. Mm-hmm. So for those who are overweight and especially for those that may be in the range of reaching obesity, how important that is. And here is a particular group of individuals that I am very happy that are at that point to where they are part of that group four, are our pregnant mothers, are our mothers-to-be. And I know that was a big concern, and I think that was a huge question initially when this pandemic broke. How do mothers protect their unborn babies against COVID? Yeah, so the vaccine is safe. Um, we do encourage um, uh, women to consult with their physicians, but the right. thing that we found thus far is for Women that are pregnant, the vaccine is safe. It uh, right. it actually protects them, protects their um, unborn child from actually um, contracting COVID. So Beautiful. really encourage um, uh, expecting moms to, to get the vaccine. Absolutely. And another uh, group of, of individuals, and I actually uh, know of, of a dear uh, friend of mine, well, actually her family, um, they have a son who is just remarkably doing well under the circumstances, but he was born with a sickle cell disease. And mm, I know yeah. that was a huge concern for them because they're already dealing with other medical issues that are affi- affiliated or associated with sickle cell disease. But to know that their son has an equal opportunity along with his mom and dad to get vaccinated. I, I know that has to be wonderful news for, for anyone or any family member who, who may have sickle cell disease as well. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So, Ben, I tell you, I, I just hate when we run out of time. <laughs> I could talk to you all day. So before we do wrap up, in, in all seriousness, is there anything else that you'd like to add that, that I did not cover or you would like to, to bring to our great conversation this morning? Well, I just, you know, I really want to make sure that if anyone uh, wants to get the vaccine um, and is having a tough time u- using the Internet, yeah. um, please just encourage them to call our um, 1-888-675-4567 number. Um, Folks there are patient. They will answer your questions. They'll get you connected. Um, So 
even if you're um, on the fence about getting the vaccine, call that number and get your questions answered. Exactly. Uh, the other thing is um, do what you can to help um, your friends, your neighbors, your family get connected to a vaccine. Uh, and also remember to practice those three W's. Um, again, that's the way we're going to continue to um, fight off this pandemic. Right. Um, it's how we work together. Absolutely. Um, but it's important we get we get vaccinated so that we can get our lives back to normal. Very true. And Ben, would you also say to add to that, to continue to have this conversation with your healthcare provider? Because a, a lot of us may have upcoming appointments with with our regular or primary care physician. And perhaps that conversation yeah. hasn't come up as of yet. And so maybe well, I'm sure I'm yeah. sure it will. Yeah, and, exactly. And, you know, when you make that appointment, ask if you can get a vaccine if that's, you haven't had one. That's right. Hey, that's a beautiful way to look at it. Thank you so much, my friend. You Good. you have just been spot on. And thank you for really addressing the questions that I've had for you today. You did a phenomenal job. And I so want to thank you again for your time and to again officially welcome you to the Community Focus family. Well, thank you, Renee Vaughn. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Absolutely. And I hope this won't be a one and done thing for us. So feel free and to know, Ben, that on this particular program, I'm I'm not that individual. When I say you family, I mean your family. So anytime you want to return to the program to, to give us any updated and accurate information, uh, please consider yourself a go-to person because this is one of the many great things about having a public affairs show is that we get to mm-hmm. talk about important issues that affect all of us. And without question, health needs to be those conversations that we continually have on a regular basis because obviously we want to try to take as best care of ourselves and equally, if not more so, for the ones that we love and care for on a daily basis. That's right. One of the things we learned about this uh, COVID pandemic is we're all in this together. And Absolutely. We've got to support one another. We through. certainly so do. Thank you for all you do. Oh, likewise. I don't do it alone. So thank you, family. And again, all I right. do say no goodbyes, Ben Money, Deputy Secretary for Health Services. I'm going to say to you until next time. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you. And thank you, Radio Family. Indeed, until next time when we can get together and engage in another wonderful conversation with a member of our Community Focus family. And of course, I will never end this show without acknowledging the good things that you are continually doing in our communities. Please keep up the great work. So indeed, until that next time, enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of this weekend, and please continue to stay safe. And thank you very much once again for listening to the weekend edition of Community Focus. Take care.